Welcome back, you wonderful human being, to another episode of The Pursuit of Freedom. I just want to jump in here before I roll the episode and say good day. Um, life has been pretty hectic. Um, all the episodes you've been hearing have been pre-recorded um, because I knew that life was going to be pretty stressful. The solo episodes that I sprinkle in between the interviews, they're released as I record them, but the interviews have been done in the past. So you might hear me referring to um, you know, I'm leaving my nine to five when actually I left it months ago. Um, you'll also notice if you're quite observant that I refer to the podcast in there as find your freedom, because before I released it, I didn't check what other podcasts were out there. And there's actually quite a major one that's called find your freedom, um, which is why the podcast is not actually called that. It's called the pursuit of freedom. But you get the idea. I'm going to stop talking. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I've sneakily tried to blow the background because it is chaos here. I need to be out of the house in about three and a half weeks. And yeah, things are messy. But I'm getting there and it's all right. Let's roll the intro. Enjoy. G'day and welcome to the Pursuit of Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Rosie Burrows, and I'm on a journey to find my freedom so that I can help you do exactly the same. Join me each week as I share the stories of everyday people who have found their own path to freedom. I'm not going to focus on job titles and accolades because I don't care about that stuff and neither should you. I want to uncover what truly makes you tick. Who are you when you step away from society's expectations and follow your heart? I still haven't figured it out yet. Have you? Either way, buckle up because it's going to be one hell of a ride. Joining me today is Silver Florence. Silver is a freelance writer, an editor, and translator who hosts and curates her own podcast, Live from Suckville. She was born and raised on the west coast of the USA, and Silver now calls Italy home. When she's not out exploring on foot or by bike, Silver can be found trying to get her book about her solo bike tour across America into the hands of a deserving publisher. Silver, thanks so much for joining me today. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, I feel the same. Um, <laughs> now, you've got such an interesting story that it's a bit hard to know where to start. So I thought, oh, let's start. Yeah, you're welcome. From the very beginning, <laughs> tell me about what you were like growing up. What was, was little, little Silver like? Yeah. Like when I was really little or like when I was yeah, a let's, teenager? Yeah, let's go right back. <laughs> Take us on uh, the journey. I mean, I think I've always been a really outgoing person. Uh-huh. And I remember, if I'm not mistaken, my mom saying that, like, maybe she was worried about me going to kindergarten or preschool. I don't remember which one. Yeah. And then we went there and I just took off and, like, <sighs> just immediately went, you know, started playing and running around. Uh -huh. And she was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess we could always say I was ready to go out and explore the world, even from a small age. Mm, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And how about that transitioning into into a teenager? Were you still that sort of outgoing, adventurous little kid? Yeah. I mean, I sang a lot. I, was, I did singing competitions, so I was really into mm. music. I was playing the piano. I was dancing. I uh, rode horses, too. Mm did some trail riding. And then I also went, uh, I studied French in mm. high school. So I went on a French trip in Europe when I was like 14. Wow. 
with like 30 other children on a bus. Jesus Christ, like the <laughs> poor teachers. <laughs> Can't imagine being them. Uh, Trying to keep yeah. 30 children not getting lost in France or whatever, who speak like, yeah. you know, not so much French. Yeah. <laughs> As an ex-teacher, I'd agree. Those poor teachers. It's, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. For reals. And I also went on, um, at that point, I was still kind of involved in church. I've, mm-hmm. I've since kind of stopped going to church, although I'm still very spiritual. Mm. But... Uh, I went on a couple of mission trips in Honduras and Guatemala and in Mexico. Wow. Yeah. So what did you do on those trips? We built, like it, in Mexico and Ensenada, so we built schools. We retarred roofs. We painted. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, also in Guatemala and Honduras, we went to like an orphanage and helped. We went to Guatemala City and passed out like water uh, purification tablets and blankets mm. and mm. things like that. And especially to the people who are working in, uh, gathering like bits of sellable stuff out of the trash mm-hmm. heaps in Guatemala. Mm. That must've been really rewarding work, like hard work, I imagine, but also really yeah. rewarding. Mm. It was interesting. It was definitely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, now- I mean, I always wanted to see the world. I think I always had that like yeah. desire to to go out and explore. Yeah. So have you traveled much since then? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> what a- Silly question. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean I feel well, when I graduated high school, I was a, mm-hmm. one of the younger kids in the class. I was seventeen. And yeah. I moved well, I f- did my first year of school in Oregon where I grew up, where I finished mm-hmm. high school, etc. And then I went to study my second year in Pennsylvania, my third year and fourth year in Virginia. Wow. I just wanted to see the other side of the country. Yeah. Like, that's so brave. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy Silva and her spontaneous decisions. Yeah. So is spontaneity something that shows up in your life a lot? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Because I know you've... You've said to me in the past, you know, you've had a million jobs and you've never quite yeah. been able to settle. So tell me a yeah. bit more about that. What's that journey been like for you? Uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> we, <laughs> we got all the time in the world. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've basically I'm missing like dentist, doctor and flight attendant probably. Yeah. <laughs> Checked uh, everything else off. <laughs> yep. Yeah, wow. during high school, I worked on a paint crew for a little bit, like in the summer, like okay. schools. Yeah. Like babysitting, like everybody, I feel like, does some babysitting. Yeah. And then <clears throat> after high school and when I was in college, I was uh, a wildland firefighter. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. For, for like six or seven summers, I did that. Wow. And then I became like a wilderness ranger, a trail crew member, a backcountry ski ranger. And then I transitioned to being like a waitress, a bartender, a caterer, right. a yeah. barista at Starbucks, a catering manager after a while. Wow. It's working like two different restaurants, one that was barbecue and one that was fondue on the top of a ski hill. <laughs> and then I, somewhere in there, I also drove vans from the airport 
to people's fancy condos. Yeah. And uh, was loading bags in airplanes at the airport. Wow. Wow. And what do you think, what, like, why do you think you, you, you've done so many jobs? I don't know. I think I'm, I never could subscribe to being, like, in a nine-to-five, mm. like, with very little vacation time and just working, <laughs> working, working, working. Just yeah. didn't seem like life is supposed to be like that. Yeah, I really resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think you really do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean this is the last week in my 9 to now, 5. Right? Yeah, yeah, huge. And it's it's so exciting and it's I love talking to people like you who are just living life on their own terms. I mean, I don't know if you feel like that. Do you feel like you're living life on your terms? Because as an outsider, it totally looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I always just felt like I had to follow my own gut instincts and my mm-hmm. curiosity and my adventurousness it would mm-hmm. never let me do something normal or boring yeah. <laughs> like yeah. sometimes I'm like what is being bored like I should try that <laughs> I should try it sometime I don't recommend because <laughs> <laughs> now that I've moved to Italy too which about five years ago uh-huh. on my own now I've also become like an an English as a second language teacher, a translator, an interpreter, uh-huh. a bike tour leader. Then um, I've always been a, like a bit of a freelance writer, wow. copy editor, on and off. Yeah. yeah. So you're so, like a creative adventurer. That's the best kind of <laughs> combination I can think something of. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And do you yeah. think, where do you think this comes from, this desire to just try new things like is this something that was instilled in you as a child I don't know I mean I think my parents probably helped because they took us on lots of road trips Mm. and we had like all over the United States and we had rotary foreign exchange students stay with us it's like an international kind of they say it's like an international rich guy group but my family is not that rich (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're comfortable, but like not, not mm, rich, never mm. have been. Uh, but it's, it's like a charity kind of organization. Mm-hmm, they help mm-hmm. try and eradicate polio in India and all this. They do a lot of stuff for their local communities. Mm. So we had foreign exchange students stay with us when we were younger too, like from Finland, Slovakia, France, Argentina. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mexico. I mean- yeah, that would have been a piddle, um, a pretty cool experience for a kid growing up. Yeah. I imagine not all of your friends had that same experience. No, I imagine not. Actually, you know, when I think about it. <laughs> yeah. And my, yeah. I don't know. My parents have always been very supportive of me and my wacky ways. Yeah. So yeah, I never felt like you know, they were disapproving of me. Mm. You know, and all of my, my moving around and trying new things and being spontaneous so I'm really lucky in that that regard that I have supportive open-minded parents yeah and family yeah Yeah, because I think when you're faced with people who aren't supportive of you it makes it even harder I'd be curious to hear your take on this but I find change really hard I love it but I find it really hard Mm. you've you've navigated a lot of change is it something you find difficult or is it just Easy peasy. 
I mean, I don't think change is necessarily easy for anybody. Mm. But for me, it's always an opportunity to reinvent mm. and to look and see like, well, was what I was doing before working for me? Why? Mm-hmm. Why not? Mm-hmm. And to definitely learn and grow, learn new things about myself, mm-hmm. learn how to bounce back quicker. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lost my job again in, in January. And so mm. I'm between jobs again, the 1003 yeah. invention of Silva. <laughs> <laughs> and since I've done it so many times, I think um, I'm, I'm much more comfortable with risk and uncertainty mm-hmm. than a lot of mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Like, especially uncertainty, you just have to embrace it because mm. you can't really do anything about it. And mm. we're, if you think about it, we're not actually in control of very much anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't have to be depressing. That can be, right. you know, interesting. Yeah. Something to sit with, something to explore. Mm. Mm. And get better at to... dealing with, with you know, the, the events that life just throws at you. Yeah. Um, but I always like to think, whilst there's a lot of things out of our control, I feel like there's also plenty of things that are within our control. Yeah. You know, yeah, like all your decisions to try these different jobs and even moving to Italy and starting your podcast, like they're all choices you made, which I feel like is such a good thing to do. Like what would you say to people who are feeling overwhelmed with life at the moment and just feeling like, oh, my God, what's the point? Everything's out of my control. Why should I even bother? Like I'm just going to stay in my boring old job and that's it. Well, maybe part of why it feels so overwhelming and – out of control is the fact that you are in doing something that you're not really excited about. Mm. And so maybe you've kind of subconsciously given up. Mm. So it might be just trying to go back and look inside of yourself and see what it is that would make you feel less overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. What would give you joy? What would make you happy? Mm. And trying to like find that trail again and follow it a little bit, even if it means like taking up a new hobby for a while yeah. Changing your job is, can be really overwhelming for a lot of people. I realize mm-hmm. that even though I'm weird and I change it like <laughs> I change my shoes. But yeah, just starting with something small, making mm-hmm. a small change and like seeing how it sits with you. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you a sense of lightness. It's usually a right. And if it gives you something heavy, then that's maybe something to kind of think about. Is this really the right thing for me? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really useful advice. And you brought up thinking about what brings you joy. What brings you joy? Mm, Being alive. (laughs) Oh, love that. Yeah. And what makes you, what makes you feel alive? Um, I mean, I would say that the common thread in a lot of this stuff that I've done has been like uh, meeting new people, learning from Mm. new people. Because I kind of do see everyone that is in front of me, even briefly, as some sort can can teach me something mm. about myself, about the world, about my experience here. Uh, so I think it's a lot about probably connection is a very interesting thing to me. Adventure, mm. obviously, mm. discovering new things, also about myself, discovering mm. new things that I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Like so I what? Built, <clears throat> I built a shamanic drum this year. I had no idea I could do that. So cool. Wow. I don't even yeah. know what that is. Tell me more. Oh, it's um, 
It's a big drum that's made out of, uh, oh no, I don't know how to say it in English. This is what's happened to me. I'm forgetting, forgetting my English vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> beach, beach. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and you basically, you use a hide. So we use yeah. goat skin. Uh-huh. And there's a whole long like procedure. It took like two days to make this Wow. drum. I had no idea I could yeah. make a drum. That's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I want to go back. You mentioned connection and, and that connection is very interesting to you. And it sounds like it's an important theme. And I'm all about connection. That's one of the reasons I've started this podcast is to connect with people um, mm-hmm. and, you know, hear their stories. So what does connection mean to you? Um, maybe being, realizing that we're not like these completely separate objects just kind of bouncing around on our own we're actually Mm. all very connected Mm. and I really do think that you know the plants animals and us we're all the same we're all part of the same organism so the more Mm. that you can meet people try to understand them get to know them you can see yourself in them they can see themselves in you Mm. and it's just a a way to, I don't know, maybe in my really small way to like try and reconnect a really fragmented world, Mm. you know, to try and create like love and connection where there's just been a lot of breaks and a lot of like me versus you and them versus us and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a really tolerant, like accepting person. And I think if we could all be a bit more like that, it would be incredibly helpful. I agree. Yeah. And what a beautiful way to, to view the world as well. Like, thank you for sharing that. I love it. I'm going to have to listen back to this episode and probably quote that bit. Like I, I love that such a beautiful way of seeing the world. Um, and would you consider yourself more of an independent person or do you like going on these adventures with other people? Like, where do you lie on that spectrum? I'm probably more on the independent side. I mean, I'm really extroverted, so I love to be around people. Mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. really. Um, like, it, it, like, charges me. You know, I feel like there's either yeah. people who it, like, drains them or it charges them. It definitely mm-hmm. gives me more energy. But mm-hmm. I also really, really love to be, like, to do things on my own and to, to be alone with myself. Like, I definitely also need yeah. to do things by myself, in nature, alone, etc., so probably mm. both. Yeah. I like that answer. It's not really a black and white thing. But um, I know when I need my time. Like I know mm. when when I need to go recharge my batteries alone on my bike or out in the woods or yeah, take a trip on my own. Uh-huh. And it's important to recognize that. Like what does it look like for you? What are some of the red flags when you go, oh, uh-oh, I think I need some time to myself, time to recharge? Um, probably I just start feeling a bit off. I don't know. I just start maybe getting a little irritated with people or Mm. there's no really reason for it. Or I just feel like a craving. I just want to go most, I mean, I'm somebody who really spends a lot of time outside in nature. And so I literally feel just like a physical need to be outside, like pretty Mm. much every day. But sometimes I really just need to go take my bike in my tent and my water filter and go disappear into the woods for a couple of days 
That sounds amazing. <laughs> important. Contact yeah. is very important. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and speaking of nature, can you tell me more about this solo bike tour that you did? Take us back <laughs> to the where on earth did this idea come from and just take us through that whole experience because it sounds amazing to me. Uh, I mean, I've always my my ex-husband got me into biking. So mm. like in 2005, I mean, actually, I liked bikes before then because I moved to Colorado after college with a suitcase and a bicycle. But yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he taught me how to like really be a good cyclist, mm. uh, road biker and mountain biker. We went on a lot of bike tours together in mm. like in other countries in Asia and Mexico and the States in Europe and also in the backyard, like in backcountry stuff in Colorado and Utah and et cetera, et cetera. So I think I had the bug really bad for bike touring <laughs> as mm, it was, mm. especially after I started working kind of part-time as a bike tour leader in 2009, mm. which I don't really do anymore, but it was a on and off thing for many years. And yeah. when we split up in 2017, I wasn't really sure what else I, what to do, actually. I didn't mm. have a plan. I kind of have always had Italy in the back of my mind because mm -hmm. I really just felt drawn here for whatever reason. Uh, but I didn't really know how to make the move happen, and I didn't know what else to do. So I decided to ride my bike across the United States while I was figuring it out. Wow. Yeah. So I started from Berkeley, California, and I rode to Florida. Wow. And for people who aren't familiar with the U.S. like me, mm -hmm. how far is that? Well, first I rode down from Berkeley to San Diego, mm -hmm. which I think is about 800 miles, maybe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then or maybe I might be exaggerating a little bit because I'm really bad with like numbers. <laughs> You're Don't allowed to completely <laughs> quote me. <laughs> and then I and then I rode across, so the very southern. I took what's called the southern tier route. Mm -hmm. So through eastern California, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Texas, Louisiana, a little tiny sliver of Mississippi and Alabama, and then Florida. Wow! <clears throat> and it's in total, it was about four thousand. Oh no, maybe forty-two hundred miles. Wow. It's like 6,000 kilometers. Yeah, I was just doing the conversion. Yeah, 6,700, just over 6,700. Oh, okay. That, wow. Enough. I've been underquoting myself for years. Yeah, you need to exaggerate <laughs> a bit more. <laughs> so how long did, th did this adventure last? Like that's a lot of miles, a lot of kilometers. How long did you take to, to do that? About four and a half months. Wow, I was expecting you to say longer. Like that to me sounds really fast. <laughs> um, I think I had a pretty decent, I wasn't a very in shape. Uh, I was doing like maybe 250 miles a week on average. Yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine that. And is this, is this something you trained for or you just kind of, I guess you were cycling before, weren't you? That was always yeah. an interest, yeah. I, yeah. well, I mean, since I'm always wanting to go hiking and biking and skiing and all this stuff, I always keep myself pretty in shape because I want to yeah, be able right. to 
to do all this stuff. Yeah. And but, uh, uh, as you ride, obviously, as you when you do one of these big bike tours, you just ride and ride and you ride yourself into even better shape. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, did you, how did you plan this trip? Was it something someone had told you about, or you just kind of conceptualized it yourself and went, "Yep, let's go." Well, I have definitely like planned my own tours completely. Mm-hmm. You know, un unmapped etc this mm-hmm. one is a pretty famous route like it's okay. a route of the american cycling association mm-hmm. so they have maps that i bought that mm-hmm. i followed to get across from uh san diego to st augustine florida mm-hmm. with a few detours and you know random things that i wanted to see that weren't on the map yeah uh but the california coast i just mainly followed the coast more or less mm. and use Google Maps a little bit and mm. ask locals. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. And how was the experience? Did you ever get sick of cycling? I mean, yeah. I feel like in a long bike tour like that, you go through pretty much every emotion that there is because <laughs> it'll just yeah. like tear it out of you too because yeah. it is difficult. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was a part where in Texas, I got stuck in Texas for a while because I had a knee problem. Oh, no. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I should just stop. And then I was like, no, I don't want to. But then I was like, oh, but then it would be kind of nice because maybe I could start moving to Italy sooner. Mm. But I'm somebody who's really stubborn and I don't really give up very easily. So I had to finish it. Yeah. Wow. And what are some standout memories for you from that cycling tour? Ah, man. Mm, in Big Sur at the beginning when I, there was a bunch of mudslides that had closed the highway yeah, because wow. of wildflower, wildflowers, wildflowers, fires, <laughs> wildfires. That's the one I There we go. Um, and so I snuck through a, a closed landslide at night because I wow. didn't want to ride like a 200 mile detour. I don't blame you. <laughs> so I had to sneak by like after midnight. It was really entertaining. Wow. That sounds really cool. <laughs> I mean, no wonder you wrote a book about this. Tell yeah. me tell me more about this book. Uh it's the it's the inner and outer journey of Silva. She makes her way across the United States through California heat waves and snow in Louisiana. A wow. in Louisiana. And all these crazy people I met that helped me along the way. Mm. and uh, rabid dogs in the southeast of the United States. Not very fun. Wow. I had no idea that that was coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just the whole, it's the whole story of everything that happens. And and since I was, uh, had just gotten divorced not long before, I was pretty much a mess. <laughs> yeah, as you would be. But, but I wrote it out. And actually, by the time that I got to the end, I was feeling like myself again, more or less. So yeah, pretty and therapeutic. And I had a plan to, to move to Italy too, because I planned it while I was writing. Wow. And have, had you written a book before? Um, I've always written, period. Okay. Like I've always yeah, had a blog. Yeah. I've always had the desire to write a book. Mm-hmm. I started writing like a bunch of other books that never got finished. Mm. Actually, I did write a fantasy book. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I never did anything with it, but a couple people yeah. read it and liked it. Yeah, wow. That's that's so cool. Like I can just I'm getting the feeling that you've just got this this theme of creativity throughout your life. What do you think was different this time in that you I mean, you wrote the fantasy book, but you said you've started a few other books that that you haven't finished. What do you think was different about this one? Um, well, I think I probably had also reached the age where I felt like I could write a whole book and okay. actually like stick to it and finish it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the fantasy book was like a practice book for this book, you know, mm. I just felt like it, it was a story that needed to be told. I still mm-hmm. do. I still think it's a story that, that needs to be shared with a larger public because it's, um, it's like a hopeful story and an, a story of empowerment and the things that are possible when you when you take on something that you don't think that you can take on, but you actually deep down do and you do it mm. and like all the good things that it can bring you. Mm. It's also a love story about America too because it's a country that's very divided right now, but it's actually mm. much less divided than it thinks. Yeah, right. Yeah, it sounds like a powerful book with a powerful message. I mean, mm-hmm. where's this publish it or publish it? I'm impatient. Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> They're out there looking for me as I'm looking for them. Yeah. What's what's that journey been like trying to get published? I imagine it's not an easy one. No. What, and it's had. I've had like a learning Italian, learning to be an English teacher, immigrating to Italy, bureaucracy, everything else in the middle of it. So it's been a very long, drawn-out process. But yeah, uh, right now I'm in this, the stage where I'm looking for agents and mm-hmm. just getting rejected a lot, but that's kind of part of the process. Yeah. So you just yeah. T- take it in stride. How do you cope with that? I feel like I'm the person who would take that really personally. <laughs> I'd need time to recover after each rejection. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it does kind of like get you more than others. But also they really do say if you're getting rejected, then you're you're in the middle of the process. So mm. and also like I'm actually kind of getting tired of looking at this book and I just want somebody to publish it already. <laughs> it's been so long looking at it and editing it and rewriting it over and over. So yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when did you finish writing the book? Uh, um, kind of hard to remember when exactly that that year was. Maybe in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like it's that. it's ready to get out into the world. <laughs> yeah, like I finally just said, okay, enough rewriting. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned that it's about empowerment um, and also a love story, but can you tell me more about the empowerment part of it and what that, what that shows up like in the book? I mean, I think you can follow my journey as I go along, like in a physical sense, you can also Mm. follow all the emotional stuff that was going on, you know, all Mm the, all the forgiveness that I needed to do, all of the letting go, mm-hmm. all of the working through things and figuring out who I was again, like as a human being separate mm-hmm. from this other person I'd been with for 11 years. Mm. So um, the empowerment part is that, you know, I was able to, to ride my bicycle from 
California to Florida in the end, and I was able to solve all of these problems and fix some some things when they broke, not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously, I just want to say that it was probably a whole lot easier for me because I am a white woman. Mm. I think it would have been much more difficult if I was colored, and that's mm. just an unfortunate fact of the world as it is in the U.S. as it is right now mm. because – you know, I didn't have any worries about, unfortunately, like if I stopped in somebody's driveway to ask them for directions, you know, they were probably going to give them to me. Mm-hmm. And I still had to be very careful because I'm a woman, traveling alone mm. as a woman. But mm-hmm. I just want to say that I had it a bit easier than some people would have. Yeah. I mean, it's important to acknowledge, right? All yeah. of our, yeah. our journeys are... Are different so yeah thank you for bringing that up mm-hmm. um and how did it feel to get through all the ups and downs of that journey like I'm sure you know it sounds like there are a few challenges on the way you're dealing with you know um a breakup and you know all these emotions plus you're cycling like 400 miles a week and facing <laughs> all sorts of things like looking back on it how do you feel about that no, I'm happy I did it. I, mm. It was an amazing adventure, and actually, I would really yeah. like to do another one. Honestly, yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, I don't know. Since I've moved here, I've been I have traveled a lot in Italy, and mm-hmm. also in some parts of Europe. I've been, I went to Israel, um, Greece, places mm-hmm. like that. But I I very often have a limiting situation with my residence permit. Not even right. going to get into it because it's just so much bureaucracy. Mm. But uh, when I'm waiting for it every time, when I don't actually have it in my hand, I can't leave Italy. Right. And so I've strangely limited myself quite a bit by being here. Mm. And that's sometimes quite frustrating. Oh, I can but imagine. Yeah. Someday. Someday it won't be like this. So yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Would you ever do a bike tour of Italy? Definitely. I've done a lot. Yeah in Italy like after okay yeah because here we had a crazy lockdown like we were in our houses for like at least two months Mm. and uh I was running the stairs to stay in shape wow (laughs) and doing push-ups and the neighbors thought I was crazy but I planned a bike tour like while I was you know holed up and as soon as we could like the day we could leave I left on my bike for like 21 days Cool. And rode yeah. Down to the southern tip of Tuscany. Wow. So, yeah. Always, always looking for another bike tour. Yeah. Bike uh, cycling sounds like it's quite therapeutic for you. Very. Yeah. yeah. Very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, it makes me want to cycle. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Yeah. Cycling is cool. I'm have to give it a go. I used to do triathlons. Um, yeah, oh, so there's, a, know a, there's, a, bit. there's a, a bit of cycling. Um, I don't know what kind of bike you ride on, but I had, you know, a, a road bike with the, the triathlon bar, so you mm. bent down. But I never yeah. found it particularly comfortable, um, which I guess puts me off a little bit. But this whole thing of doing a, a long bike tour sounds amazing. That bike sounds is amazing. a bit more upright. It's not because the tri bike is just so aerodynamic. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole point is just being like really fast and aerodynamic. Yeah. So yeah. the the touring bike is much more much more upright so you can look around. That sounds so heavy. much better. 
Yeah. So it's okay. not like you're necessarily trying to go really fast on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I've never been on a bike tour, but can you share with me what was the typical day like when you were doing this this big tour across America? What was what was a typical day like on this tour? <laughs> That's like kind of a fun question. Um, <clears throat> well, I would get up wherever I was. Either maybe I would have found a place for my tent. Uh-huh. That was ideal. Or maybe I was uh, very rarely, but sometimes like in a hotel or with a warm showers host. Warm showers is like a hospitality based network for long okay. distance cyclists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would get up, I would repack everything, which if I had the tent and everything, it would take like a good hour to repack my mm. bags and the tent and everything else. Eat breakfast first. Hopefully at a sunny table, a sunny picnic <laughs> table. Mm. And then I would get going. I would check maybe like every once in a while, I would check my bike, some of the bolts. I would check the tires, see if they needed air, just see if there was mm-hmm. anything, you know, amiss. Mm-hmm. And I would start riding. And then at some point I would stop for a snack, then stop for lunch. Mm. Probably fix a flat, who knows. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of flats going across. <laughs> I had to replace both tires at one point. Oh, wow. And then I would find, I mean, I carried a lot of food with me because I didn't want to be eating out like all the time because I was Mm -hmm. trying to save money. Mm -hmm. So I would find a place to stop and make dinner or I would grab something or I would go to the store. Then I would find a place to sleep, which maybe I would have already lined up. But if it was like an area where I knew I was going to be able to camp, I would just find a spot. Mm set up the tent, watch the stars, go to sleep. Oh, sounds beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. I really liked it. I love the freedom of, of being a bike tourist. Like mm. a very, uh, like a self-contained unit. Mm. Mm. I like that you brought up freedom. You know, as you know, the title of the podcast is Find Your Freedom. And yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what freedom means to you? I mean, it's like the, um, I would say it's the ability to be able to, um, it's, it's not like a, a, you know, not being attached to anything, not having any strings for me, even though I do find it kind of hard sometimes to like stay in one place, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. But I think it's just the ability to be able to <clears throat> to change your mind or to change your course or to change your hairstyle or to change your opinions or to change the, the freedom. Freedom to me is like the flexibility and ability to make changes mm. when, you, when you think that they're necessary or you want to. Mm-hmm. You're never stuck. Mm. Because I don't really mm. think that we are actually ever stuck. We just think we are. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point because I like to think that no matter the situation, and it's going to look different for everybody, but no matter the situation, I think we always have a choice. And this box of choice might be bigger for some people than others and others it might mm-hmm. be quite restricted, but there's always a choice in what life throws at us. And they might not necessarily be the choices we want, but we have a choice. And I think if we frame it that way, it gives us a sense of empowerment 
Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, mm. we did say that we're not in control of a lot of things, meaning that, like, of course, the world is constantly changing and there's all of this stuff going on and there's a million, billion, trillion of us all making our own decisions and things. Mm. But there is also kind of a flow to things, too. Mm. And so, to me, freedom is also trying, is also learning how to kind of navigate this flow and to, to note when there's resistance, you know, and mm. to note when things are flowing better mm-hmm. and to kind of, you know, keep, keep that in your mind, like what it feels like when things are flowing well and what it feels like when there's resistance and there's a lot of things are backed up. Mm-hmm. And freedom kind of helps you to navigate that too. To have, because it's a feeling of lightness, like I said, it's a feeling of excitement, it's a feeling of joy, it's a feeling of probably satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And these are the feelings that will kind of keep you in this flow, yeah. where you, this, this flow that you have more control of than you think. Mm, I like that description. Yeah. And I feel like this ties in. Well, I think it does. Let's see if you do. But I feel like it ties in with, you know, the podcast you launched and there's a story behind, you know, what was going on for you at that time when you launched it and why you launched it and what it's about. Mm -hmm. So can you share with us the lead up to this podcast? Like what was it that happened and what made you think, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast? Uh, I broke my hip socket, uh, on my bicycle. Yeah. Mm. Right in my, right in my bicycle. Of course. <laughs> of course. Because yeah. it's kind of part, anybody who's like been a cyclist for a long time knows that getting injured is unfortunately kind of part of the game. Mm. And so it's being able to get back on the bike. Right. But in the meantime, there was like four or five months where I couldn't do anything. So I wanted to like turn that experience into something positive into something Mm -hmm. even maybe useful not only for me but for others who are Mm. struggling going through Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. so i created live from suckville Mm. (laughs) with the idea that suckville was just where i was (laughs) (laughs) and so i was broadcasting live and trying to um collect stories from people, give people a space to be heard and understood when they're about their own struggles and their own Mm. experiences. Mm. Because I really do feel like that's an important thing to do. Mm. And so now I have this podcast. It's got 11 episodes as of today. Awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. I hope it goes on forever and ever. Me too. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yours too. Yours too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, tell me more about why, why it's so important to you. You know, you mentioned, you know, about people's stories and that you think it's important to do this work. Can you tell me a bit more? Everybody just wants to be heard and understood. I feel like. Right. Yeah. That's what we all crave. Mm. And there's not, a, there's not so many opportunities for people to talk about hard things, mm. even like taboo things, mm-hmm. like losing people, like suicide, like depression, mm-hmm. like any number of things that we all go through. Mm-hmm. 
And so by kind of like shedding light on this, on the dark stuff, you make it not so dark and Mm. you help people to be seen, understood, to feel like they're not alone. Yeah. Like these things are very, very important, I think, in our lives Mm. to know these Mm. things, to know Mm. that other people have gone through, you know, what you, what you've gone through and that you can't maybe just talk about it at a party or something, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that really resonates with me. You do, yeah. And I think it's so freeing when you when you can talk about it and you're actually Mm -hmm. given a voice. Um, I know for me, when I talk about the hard things I've been through, it's it's liberating in a way. Exactly. Via a rosy episode, (laughs) future episode coming. So excited. collaboration yeah. yeah and I mean just coming on your show and being able to talk about the death of my parents was it was liberating not yeah. that it's an enjoyable topic but it's therapeutic to be able to talk about it and it brings me joy that maybe there's someone out there who has been through something similar and it will give them a sense of feeling less alone because it can feel so lonely when we're in yeah. those dark times mm. Yeah, Suckville is a lonely place sometimes, but we're trying to make it less lonely. We. Exactly. I keep saying we like I'm more than one person, but anyways. <laughs> well, I think there's, you know, there's a community, right? We, I'm part of yeah, your community now. so We the community. Yeah. We the community. Yeah, and you're spearheading it. I think it's a great, a great project and something Thank I'm really you. passionate about. Yeah, because yeah. the other thing I wanted to say is that um, life can really suck, like really, really suck, but it can mm-hmm. also be like really, really beautiful. Yeah. And it can also be those things at the same moment, more or less. Yes, yes. And it's, I feel like we spend a lot of time pretending that everything is great and trying to project that really beautiful, perfect side of life mm. while almost trying to like avoid the other side. And it's okay. Both of them are, should be embraced. And mm. so like Suckville is about that like weird, crunchy, beautiful little paradox in the middle. Yeah. Where we all kind of live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do all live there, right? Why do you think, yeah. why do you think as people we try to avoid the, the less nice stuff? Why do we want to avoid that? Because it doesn't feel good because it makes <laughs> yeah. you think about your weird bad stuff. Yeah. And it makes you have to deal with it too, you know? Mm-hmm. makes you have to remember it. Mm-hmm. But the, there's so many like nuggets of goodness and truth and growth and mm. encouragement, empowerment in those areas. And so yeah. if we ignore all of those dark corners and everything, we miss out on like half of the the richness of life. Mm. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Missing out on half the riches, richness of life. Like, yeah. it's so true. Um, I you know, through, you know, the hard things I've been through in life, whilst it might not feel like it at the time, usually when I look back, I can see the beauty too that has come out of it and the personal growth. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think. Yes, exactly. It can't always be seen as a bad thing. Yes, it sucks and it's hard. Like I, you can't discount that, but there's a lot more to it. It's multifaceted. And it's, it's a part of us and it's going to keep happening. I hate to say it, but these shitty yeah. things are going to keep happening. So we might as well learn how to ride that wave. 
Yeah, and how to to see it as a place where you come and you go. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're in Sockville for a while and then you're back. Mm-hmm. Then you, maybe you go back again. But mm. it's never something that lasts forever. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That's it's true. temporary, like everything. Even the yeah. good times are temporary. So Yeah. Yeah. You might yeah. as well learn how to like embrace them all. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. Great advice. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to ask the world of Silva. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the world of Silva. <laughs> <laughs> And Silva, can you share, how do you get through these difficult times? Like, I feel like what we've been talking about are all examples of how you get through it. But what do you think is the common thread when you're thrown into Suckville? Hmm. How do you navigate that and just keep moving forward? Well, I mean, there's always a period at first when you just really need to be pissed off and like cry Mm -hmm. and be frustrated and you know, figure out new ways to get all of that out, but Mm. just to let it all happen too, like to not block it, to be sad, to be angry, to be whatever. Mm -hmm. But then at a certain point to think, okay. So I've done that. Maybe I still feel a little bit of that, but I'm starting to feel a little bit of less of that. So what do I want to do with this space that's been created by whatever it is that I just Mm. lost or that I just went through or whatever? Like, how do I want to, you know, use this experience to, to move me forward? Like, what, mm-hmm. how do I want to transform it into something else? Mm-hmm. Because every ending, every quote-unquote death is really a new beginning of something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you can start to see it that way and not force yourself to see it before it's too early to see it because really there's just going to be a period of total shit first, (laughs) but that's okay. And Mm -hmm, then you can figure mm -hmm. out what you want to do with it. Yeah. Because it's, you don't have to stay the victim. You don't have to stay in that experience. You can also choose to see it as something that's going to help you Mm -hmm. and something Mm -hmm. that you can transform. Mm. That's what I try and do. I try and find new solutions to every problem because I've always had like so many random problems. So I've always had so many random new solutions. Yeah. Which is a great way to look at it. And I like that you acknowledged, you know, it's going to be shitty at first. Oh yeah. And you, you got to feel those feelings. It is going to feel shit, but you can find a way. come back to at some point and just kick you in the ass. Probably will. Yep. (laughs) And then you can say, okay, I still have a little bit of this to work on, but that's all right. Yeah. Hello, anger. <laughs> How are you today? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because it's so relatable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very now relatable. A bit more about you, I could, I could yeah. understand. Yeah. We yeah. have it. We all of our things. Definitely. Yeah. And would you say you have any values or principles that help you decide? when you're navigating change in life, like decide what you're going to do next. Like, for example, you chose to do the bike tour across America. You chose to um, to move to Italy. What helps guide you to make those decisions? Um, I suppose I have a very, luckily, I have a very good connection with my own intuition and sense of self and sense of, mm. you know, 
what I, in a way, would like my life to look like. And mm-hmm. so I basically just choose what feels right to me and what, mm-hmm. what, I, what I want to do, like what I am curious about, what I'm, I don't know, what I want to do, what I want to see, where I want to go. Yeah. Because I feel like life is like, I mean, I think maybe we have one more than one crack at it. Like maybe we come back as a butterfly. Who the flip mm. knows? I don't mm-hmm. really know. But just in case, I think it's to be lived and experienced to the very fullest. So I think mm. I always have that in my mind too. Yeah. yeah. To be no lived regrets. and experienced to the fullest. Yeah. 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 Like I love that. The world is my oyster. Yeah. Yeah. It's said a lot, but I don't think people truly grasp the world is your oyster. <laughs> yeah. It's going to look different for everybody, but there is yeah, there's yeah. so many opportunities. And I always say to people who are just, they just seem overwhelmed and stuck in choosing what direction to go next. I think, you know, you sound like someone who's very clear on the kind of life you want. But if a person doesn't have that clarity, I think the first thing they need to do is get clear on what's important to them. Mm-hmm. Like give themselves some time to actually think about it and like, oh, well, what is important to me? What do I want my life to look like? Because sometimes we just get caught up and swept away in the day-to-day and we end up someplace that doesn't really feel right, but then we're not sure what we actually want. And I was yeah. talking yeah. to um, uh, someone on a, on another episode um, Neve Sullivan, and she was talking about, because I was talking about this, like figuring out what you want to do, because sometimes it's really overwhelming. I know for mm-hmm. me, 10 years ago, I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, um, it is overwhelming. Yeah. And a bit of advice she gave, which I thought was cool, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you think about it, is, well, first of all, think about what you don't want. It's usually mm-hmm. quite easy to go, yeah, no, nah, I don't want a life like that. No, thank you. And then it can help you at least take some steps forward in figuring out, well, what do you want? It can be a good place to start with what you don't want. But uh, I think it's even better to figure out what you do want. That's pretty important, isn't it? Yeah. And like, I'm a big, since I'm a writer from Mm -hmm. like, that's the one thing that I've my entire life has always always written and always been a writer. Mm. So when I'm feeling confused about something, I'll just go find like a quiet place, usually in nature. Mm -hmm. a pen and a paper and I'll set a timer for like 10 minutes and I'll just write like Mm -hmm. stream of consciousness Mm -hmm. not thinking who cares about punctuation spelling whatever yeah Mm -hmm. then I'll forget about it for a couple of days you know and I'll have like the in my head like the question like what do I want to do next then I'll go back and read it and see if I can figure out any sort of themes and I'll highlight and I'll circle and I'll cross things out and you can do that a few times. You can do, do it over a few weeks or a few months even mm-hmm. and see if you come up with any any themes, you know, mm-hmm. any things that, things that keep coming up, mm-hmm. things that resonate, things mm-hmm. that don't mm-hmm. can be a good, good exercise. And then I think that the most important thing to do next is just to decide on something. Oh, yeah. Because also, like, your decision is not, like, the last decision you're ever going to make. If you don't right. like it, you can make another decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, get hung, a, don't get too hung up on like making the right decision. Yeah. That's such good advice. You know, the writing part of it is so true. I really think each of us has the answer inside of us. We just got to mm-hmm. get it out somehow. So this whole stream of consciousness what, what, writing. What your way is. 
Yeah, exactly. Trust yourself. You know it. And I think writing's a great way to do that. Um, yeah. It's certainly something I've tried as well. And it it often surprises me. I'm like, oh, wow, that came out of me. <laughs> I'm quite clever. <laughs> I'm so smart. Yeah, exactly. It feels good. <laughs> or sometimes you go, what the heck? You know, like clearly I was having a bad day. Um, yeah. But your point too about just make a decision. Like I think we need more of a bias towards action. I know for me I often get in my head and I overthink things and think what if, what if, it could go wrong, what are other people going to think? But if you don't make a decision, nothing's going to change. And that decision isn't for life. It's just your next decision. And if you don't like it, you can change your mind. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. For me, it's something I've forgotten. You can change your mind and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you can always reinvent yourself again. Exactly. And I think that's a it great thing. Work, but it's it does, yeah. Always interesting every time. Definitely interesting and a sign of growth, I think, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Now, before we sign out, is there a parting message or, or something you'd like to say to our listeners? uh on any particular theme no i'm putting you on the spot here anything it could be something we've been talking about in this podcast or something that just just come to your head what's your parting thoughts be kind to one another Mm. like see that each person you see even if they're being super freaking annoying Mm -hmm. has gone through something or probably is going through something Mm -hmm. and just like Treat them with kindness. Yeah. Be kind to each other. Yeah. Be kind to each other. And on that note, and thank laugh. you so laugh, much. Laugh, oh, laugh. yes. Always, always, always find reasons to be stupid and laugh. Oh, I love it. Be, be kind. Like, be a child. Yeah. Be kind. Find ways to be stupid and laugh. And be a child. <laughs> mm. That needs to be a quote. Yeah. Thank exactly. you so much for talking today i've really enjoyed hearing your story and you've dropped lots of nuggets so much wisdom and i look forward to having you back on sometime in the future thanks for having me it's been a pleasure yeah likewise for me if this episode resonated with you at all could i please ask that you share it with a friend who you think could get value from it and whilst you're doing that make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode and whilst you're following or subscribing please leave us um, a rating preferably five stars and also a written review doing each of these things is going to help this podcast reach more people and impact more lives which is at the end of the day is what we're here to do. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Remember, you matter, you're worth it, and you are so, so capable. Take care of yourself, and I'll see you next week.